and welcome to episode 30 of Mothering Anxiety. Today's episode is teen mental health. So first I want to say how ironic is it that I am recording my 30th episode on the week that I turned 30. (laughs) I actually turned 30 on Wednesday which is March 10th and um, I wanted to bring light to this specific episode. So originally, I wanted to do an episode on what I would tell my younger self. Um, But on March 2nd, it is World Teen Mental Wellness Day. And I wrote a post about how I struggled with mental health as a teenager and how it's kind of something we need to talk about. Um, Mental health can affect anyone at any age. And... um, I decided to bring a little bit more light to it and to talk more about teen mental health. I want to say that as a teenager, your feelings, your emotions, your actions all get dismissed as, quote unquote, your typical teenage angst. As in, you're crying because you're hormonal, you know, you're going through puberty, or you're angry because you're hormonal and going through puberty, or you think you know everything. And it's definitely something that we need to stop doing. And we need to stop classifying all of, you know, every teenager's actions because of quote unquote hormones. Now, yes, I am aware that hormones possibly can be causing all of this, but being a teenager sucks, <laughs> okay? Um, going through puberty sucks, okay? I had a horrible time in middle school. I was bullied in and out in, in middle school um, for being ugly, for wearing glasses, for my hair being too frizzy, for having pimples, for having no butt, for having no boobs. Like, I was bullied for everything. Middle school, okay? Let me remind you that middle schoolers are 11, 12, 13, Okay, and they're bullying people for their appearance when realistically no one should be looking like (laughs) freaking, I don't know, some like beauty queen at 11, 12 or 13 years old. Now comes high school and in high school you're bullied for so many different other things. Same thing with appearance. I was bullied for not having a butt, for not having boobs, for being too skinny at this point, for not having any style, for not dressing how everyone else dressed, for not having the coolest shoes, you know, for not getting the best grades. And it's just like, it goes on and on and on. High school for me wasn't as bad as middle school, but the damage definitely was there. So everything that I was bullied for in middle school, in high school, it just continued on with me there. That pain continued on with me there. You know, when I was called pretty in high school, I was like, yeah, right. Because a few years ago, you were literally bullying me for being ugly. And it just, it was something that I never recovered from. And even till this day, it's been what, 15 years? And I still haven't recovered from that. When people say something about me, like in terms of my appearance, me being attractive or something, I can't take that compliment. I'm just like, yeah, right. But aside from being bullied 
for my appearances. Um, I was going through some very deep, dark shit in middle school and high school. And um, I want to talk about that a little bit simply because I fell into a very deep, dark, depressive state. And I was 13 years old, about like 12, 13 years old. And I didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't know who to talk to. I felt that if I told people my problems, I would just be laughed at. I would be like, you know, someone would just be like, you're 12 or you're 13. Like, what could you possibly be going through that is so horrific? Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, I still don't know if till today it would, it's considered to be quote unquote traumatic or horrific. But at that point in my life, it was traumatic and it was so bad that I was suicidal at 13 years old because I felt alone because I felt like no one understood me and because I felt like I had absolutely no one to talk to so let me talk about a little bit of what I was going through at 12 and 13 years old um my biological father has been out of my life like completely like I've never even met him um when I was about 12 my grandmother meaning my father's mother came knocking at my grandparents' door while I was at school. And she was diagnosed with breast cancer, which I believe then um, spread to her lungs. And she didn't have much time left, but she wanted to meet me and she wanted to have some sort of relationship with me for the last moments of her life. I can't, I remember I came home from school and my grandma and my grandpa, they sat me down and they told me what happened. They were like, your grandma from your dad is sick. She doesn't have much time left. She wants to have a relationship with you or she wants to meet you. Instead of giving me like the time to think about it, they started bashing me with all these bad things. (laughs) Literally, like right after they're just like, Why would she want to meet you now? Only because she's dying? Like, why didn't she try and find you other times? Or, you know, or or just like putting all these bad things in my mind as opposed to letting me decide whether I wanted to meet her or whether I wanted to have some sort of relationship with her. I never had the opportunity to say yes. And to be honest, I don't know if I would have said yes. But the fact that they didn't give me that opportunity made me feel like if I had said yes, then I would be like dishonoring them in some way. Like if I had said yes, it would be like, oh, are we not good enough for you? And it just gave me that sort of vibe. So I never said anything. Um, But at that point, it sparked curiosity in me. I was like, okay, what about my dad? And what about that whole rest of that family? Like up until then, I seriously had never thought about it. I had never thought that technically a person has, you know, two sides of a family. And I had never thought about my dad and all of that side of the family up until my grandma had come to try and gain a relationship with me. I remember like In my seventh grade history class, we had to write a paper on like 
things that we wish we knew or, or something along those lines. And I remember that I wrote about my biological father and I wrote like, how would my life be different if he was still in my life? And my mom read that I was writing a paper on that and she got very upset. She literally was just like, why do you want to know? Like, he's never cared for you. Why does it matter? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm simply just curious, you know? Um, and then during this time, my mother was pregnant with my youngest sister. And if you listen to my previous episode about breaking the generational curse, you knew how upset I was that my mom was pregnant with my younger sister. In my mind, I was like, you don't even take care of the rest of us. So there was three of us already. Like, how are you going to take care of a fourth one? And I'm like, you're not even married to this man. You know, what if you guys break up? What if you guys aren't together again? Like, you're going to fuck up this other child. Like, you fucked up the rest of us. Um, And I didn't speak to my mom the entire pregnancy. And I was very mad and very, very angry. And nobody tried to talk to me. My grandma, my grandpa, like, they didn't try to figure out why I was so angry or why I was so upset or the fact that I didn't speak to my mother for like almost a year. You know, they just thought it was normal. But inside, I had all this rage inside of me and I was so mad. I became suicidal because I'm like, there's no way that my mom's going to be able to take care of another kid. Nobody cares how I'm feeling right now. Nobody is trying to help me. Nobody understands how I'm feeling or why I'm feeling this way. And I literally thought to myself, I would be better off not being here. And maybe I'm sure, you know, that's a little bit overdramatic. But as a 12, 13 year old, these feelings are very real. And you don't understand why you're having them. And you don't understand why they're escalated so much. But I can tell you that at 13, I was very, very depressed. Nobody, it just, it honestly felt like nobody in my family cared and and nobody cared to figure out why I was so angry and why I was so mad. I failed pretty much every class in seventh grade because I was so angry and I had just given up on everything. I was like, well, fuck this. Fuck that. Like I had literally given up and I failed everything. And my grandparents and my mom were so mad at me because I failed my classes and they just yelled at me and they grounded me instead of trying to figure out the root of the problem and instead of trying to, you know, getting me help. I have a journal that I wrote in when I was, you know, 12, 13, when I was in middle school. And I clearly remember on a few of those pages, I would just write, I want to die. I want to die. I want to die. I want to die. Just over and over and over again. And You know, it it just, it angers me now that my family didn't try to figure out, like, what was wrong. You know, they just assumed that I was just this overly emotional kid. But, you know, up until that point, I had always been on top of my shit academically. 
I had always been just like a chill, calm child. And the fact that I was having these like rage issues, like didn't seem alarming to them, you know? And that's why I'm, I'm making this episode simply because mental health, mental illnesses are a real thing, regardless of whatever age it is and regardless of whatever, you know, you think it might be. Raging hormones, you know, teenagers have them. I was feeling some really dark and deep shit. Like, think about it. Were you suicidal at 13? Did you even understand the concept of suicide at 13? I didn't want to live anymore. Because I felt like no one's listening to me. No one's trying to understand me. Like, what if this just gets worse and worse and worse? What if bigger issues happen? What if bigger things happen? And yet, no one's here to listen to me. Like, I I don't have anyone to talk to. I'm pretty sure till this day, nobody in my family realized that I was suicidal or how hurt I was by everyone then. Um, You know, and I've said this in my past episode. It may be in a few different episodes. It just, it felt like... I was the black sheet of the family. I felt like I was there to just be people's punching bags. Like it, it felt like I was just there. It felt like I just had no purpose in my family's life. It felt like I didn't make them happy. It felt like I wasn't doing anything productive. It it was literally just like, why am I here? If I left, no one would even notice. No one would even miss me. That burden of me having to take care of me would be off their shoulders. I was thinking this at 13 years old. No child should ever have to feel like a burden. No child should even know, like, should even know the concept of what a burden is. Like, that's just, it. it's so bizarre to me that a child could know that they're not wanted, that they're not loved. And that was me. (laughs) I literally felt unwanted, unloved. I felt like a burden. And, you know, that, that pain is obviously still there for me. I'm still, I guess you could say, like, upset with my family of how they handle things. Um, but I got out of it. Um, I joined dance and that brought my it brought me joy and I was always at school because I always had rehearsal like every day and I think I even joined cheerleading and I was in the drama club and I just kept myself busy so that I didn't have to think about my home and I didn't have to think about anything going on there and I remember like my grandma being upset because she was like you're always at school you're always doing something you always have practice But it's like, yeah, because I don't want to be home because I don't want to sit here and think that I'm just causing everyone problems, you know? And that's the thing when you're like a teenager and teens just in general, they do different or they have different ways of coping with mental health. Us as adults, you know, we might be a little bit more prone to going to therapy 
um, you know, getting on antidepressants, um, anti-anxiety meds, meditating, you know, because you hear more about mental illnesses as an adult. But as a child, you don't hear about it. So you don't really know how to, quote unquote, fix it. So for me, the way that I fixed it was by keeping myself busy and doing dance and doing drama and doing cheerleading and just never having to be home. Kids cope with things differently. You know how I think this was like a meme that was going around Instagram where it was like, you know, when your child, like your child won't say, I had a bad day. They'll say, can you sit and play with me for a little bit? It, that just, that just applies, you know? They're not going to tell you and they don't know how to express that they're feeling sad or why they're feeling sad. But they're going to ask of something from you. Hey, mom, can you sit with me and play? Hey, mom, can I have a hug? And we need to just be there for our kids. And I know that I am guilty of this. There are some times where Logan wants to play with me and I'm just like, Logan, I have so much to do. But it really takes nothing out of us to just sit there and play with our kids for a little bit. We don't know what they're feeling. We don't know if, you know, something bigger is going on. But we do need to let them know that we will be there for them. And I am saying this as a child who had no mental health support. If someone in my family would have just come into my room and said, Are you okay? I probably would have, in that moment, burst out crying and let all of that stress and let all of my worries out. But no one did that for me. Instead, I sunk myself into a very deep hole where I felt that nobody cared, nobody loved me, that I wasn't worthy of anything. And it made me feel like I didn't want to live anymore. All they needed to do was to ask if I was okay. Just to show that, like, they cared, you know? Or even if they just kind of came in and maybe watched a movie with me. Or, you know, something that showed some type of gesture that, like, they were there for me, even if they didn't know how to. But... They, you know, they didn't. And and it was very lonely. It was very lonely just feeling like I was the only person thinking this way. I was the only person feeling this way. And I didn't know how to comprehend. Like, I didn't know anything. My main goal for this episode is to bring light to teen mental health. And this is for me coming as a teenager who suffered with anxiety, and who suffered from depression. Had I known a little bit more about mental health, had I known that the feelings I were feeling were anxiety, and that the feelings I were feeling were depression, had I known that I could have asked for help or gotten help, things would have been, I don't want to say easier, but a lot better for me. And... I feel like maybe I didn't have to go through all of that, you know, but I I didn't know. I I didn't realize that what I was feeling at that moment was anxiety 
um, or that what I was feeling at that moment was me being depressed. These topics were never things that were discussed in my home. And as far as I can remember, they weren't really things that were discussed in school either. I took a psychology class my senior year of high school, and that was where anxiety and depression was spoken about. But it was only like very vague. And I really think that this should be brought up more. I really feel that, you know, we need to do some sort of like, you know, mental health checks on, you know, teenagers because it's crucial and it's really in it's really bad. I was really bad. 13 suicidal. Like just, you know, think about it for a second. Like to think that I just didn't want to live anymore, you know, and it's really sad to think about, but it's the reality. Like how many more kids feel that way? You know, I was able to get myself out of it by distracting myself with dance, uh, cheerleading, you know, everything, whatever I could to just not be home and to just not be in that environment. But what about the children that can't get themselves out of it? I know that that's a very rough subject to think about, but unfortunately, It's the reality in some cases. It was the reality in my life. And now I'm here and I am able to speak up on my experiences. And all I can say is, listen. If someone is telling you, I feel sad today, or I'm feeling sad every day, or something's not right, or I'm feeling, I constantly feel nervous, they're probably trying to express themselves and they just don't know what it is. Let's stop dismissing these feelings as being overly emotional or overreacting or hormonal because it it can be something bigger. And let's let our children know that they can come talk to us, that we will be there for them, you know, whatever it is that they're feeling, something they're unsure, unsure about, that we'll be there and we'll be there to listen because sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it just takes a second for you to listen to what they're feeling and you might just make everything a little bit better for them. Now, I know that this episode might have been a little bit rough to listen to, I know that none of us want to think about, you know, 13, 14, 15 year olds dealing with anxiety or depression or even being suicidal. But I said that I was going to speak my story and that is my story. And if I can just help one person out there, maybe a parent who feels that their child is going through something and just doesn't want to accept it, accept it. Because it's probably happening. But talk to your child and be there for your child and let your child feel comfortable. Or maybe if you're, you know, a teenager or a younger adult listening to this and you feel that you're going through something and you just don't know how to ask for help, just I'm, ask for help. 
talk to your parents. If not, I'm sure that there are, you know, school counselors, school therapists that you can talk to. Just, you know, anyone can get help. And that is something that I didn't know. And that's why I was in such a deep and dark place. But there is help out there for those who need it. So I am going to end this episode by giving everyone the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 800-273-8255. And I will end this with, please, if you need help, ask for it. There are hundreds and thousands of resources And whatever it is that you're going through, you do not have to go through it alone. All right. Anyone else a little bit drained after that? Because I know that I am. (laughs) Um, If you are new to my podcast, welcome. I know that I've been getting um, quite a little bit of of new listeners. So... Welcome to Mothering Anxiety. This is a podcast where I talk about the realness and the rawness of uh, dealing with anxiety in all different aspects of life. And um, I would love it if anyone and everyone could leave me, leave me, whoops, I can't even talk anymore, <laughs> can leave me a rating and a review. It helps boost my podcast to whatever podcast algorithm is out there and hopes that it can reach more people who are dealing with anxiety and more people who can benefit from this. But with that being said, I do hope that you have a good rest of your day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. And don't forget to live your life, love your life, and love your anxiety.